you this morning. And that guy, I love Pastor Jeremy and Pastor Janet. Don't you guys have the greatest pastors in the world right here? Come on, let's hear for them. That's, that's all I. I think this is one of the greatest churches in America, and I'm at churches all over America all the time. This is one of the top churches in influence. You may not know how much you influence, not just in this community, not just in East Texas, not just Lufkin, but around the nation. Seriously, people are looking to your pastor, looking to you, uh, to how do you do it? How do you reach the lost? How do you help people? How do you serve people? Thank you, thank you, thank you for your faithfulness and all that you do on every campus. Thank you for all that you do. You're making a huge difference. Why don't you just give yourself a big hand, okay? Go ahead. Yeah, pat yourself on the back. I like that. Pat yourself on the back. That's good. And I'm just so honored to be here today. And uh, I have been sent here on assignment from the Lord. That is true. He has sent me here to break up some fake news. You know, fake news is kind of a trending issue and you hear people talk about it all the time, like, man, that's fake news, that's fake news. Well, I'm here to talk about spiritual news that is fake and it is the lies of the enemy. How many of you know the Bible says that the devil is the father of lies? He wants to fake you out with the lies that tell you something about yourself that is not true. Some of you in here have bought into fake news. And, and what I mean by that is the lies of the enemy that tell you things like this. You're, you're going to wind up in divorce just like your parents, just like their parents. Your marriage is going to stay together. You have no hope for that. You can try, but it ain't going to happen. Fake news, lies of the enemy that tell you you're not worthy to be loved. People are going to figure out who you really are and what you've done. Things in your mind that say you're not worthy, you are not valuable. Things like this. These lies of the enemy can get in your head. And let me just tell you up front right now, God is speaking truth to you. The devil is speaking lies to you. And you get to choose which one you're going to believe. This is big T truth over here, but this becomes little t truth for you, which means it's not truth, it's a lie. But if you buy into it, it becomes truth for you. And it becomes the way, the lens through which you see all of life. And today, God has sent me here to help you see truth in your life so you can reject the lies of the enemy and receive the truth and come into freedom because the way you see yourself becomes a lid to your personal growth and what God can do in you and through you. And today, you know what we're going to do? The Holy Spirit's going to come in here and he sent me here to help you lift that lid so you can go to a new place. Come on, anybody in here with me this morning? All right, I'm going to give you another chance. Anybody in here ready today to be free? Yeah, to receive that truth and have the grace of God to receive it. All right, let's pray right now. Everybody just put your hand over your heart. If, if this is something you want, God, we just open our hearts to you right now. We need to hear from you. On every campus right now, just put your hand over your heart. Let's just pray. God, speak to us. Help us to hear what you have to say and what you want to reveal to us. Open our hearts and our minds to you, Lord. I pray against all distraction and all of the things of the enemy that would hinder people from receiving your truth. In Jesus' name. And everybody who believes that, wants that, say amen. amen. 
Well, for 31 years now, Jenny and I have been married. This is my wife right here. This is Jenny. We met in high school. Now, I want you to know before I go any further, this is the, the joy of my life, this little guy right here. That's Teddy. That's my grandson, seven months old, and he is the greatest thing that has ever happened to me in my life. In fact, you know what I'll do, Janet, is I hold him in my arms. I'll put his legs up like this, and I put him right here, and he'll lock eyes with me, and I start singing a song I wrote for him, and it's just like this. You are my best friend. You are my best friend. You are my bestest friend. And he just smiles and laughs, and he loves, even if we do it on the phone. Like when we get done here, I promise you, first thing I'm going to do is get in the car. I'm going to put it on Zoom. I'm going to put it on FaceTime, you know, and I'm going to get him on you are my best friend, you are. And he's just like, it's awesome. I love that kid and he loves me. But this is my wife, Jenny, married 31 years. We met in high school. Specifically, we met in high school choir class. And yes, I sing to her as well. I did not sing that she was my best friend like that, but I did sing, we were doing the musical, uh, Fiddler on the Roof. And so I would come in and sing, Matchmaker, Matchmaker, make me a match. Find me a fine and catch me a catch. And she fell in love with me because I'm such a good singer. <laughs> it wasn't because I was a very good athlete, because I wasn't. In fact, that freshman year in that school, it was my first time to be in that school. It was a private school, Hyde Park High in Austin, Texas. It was a private school. It was my first time there trying out for basketball. And really the reason why I had to go to this Christian private school, which wasn't bad, but I had gone to public school my whole life. But in my eighth grade year, my parents got really scared that I was going to go to the devil, to the dark side and really turn into the devil stuff. And you know why? Because in eighth grade, this girl in my class had a party, a birthday party at her house, and it was a dance party. Yeah, we were going to dance to the rock music. And so it was going to be in the garage. Her parents would be there and everything. But I told my parents, I said, Dad, I want to go to this party. My friend's having a party. It's a dance party. He said, son, that's how he speaks. He says, son, you know how we feel about dancing. And I said, but dad, and by the way, the way my parents felt about dancing is they were totally against dancing, totally against rock music. And, you know, they, they were also against like premarital sex, but pre predominantly the reason why they were against premarital sex is that they were, they were sure it would lead to dancing. And so <laughs> that's kind of true, you know, like they were really concerned the dancing, you just do things you shouldn't do. And so... I said, dad, please. And you know what my dad said? He said, why don't you go pray and ask God what he feels about it? I said, okay, I will. So I went upstairs to my room. I began to pray and say, God, I really want to go to this party, this dance thing. How do you feel about it? What do you think? And I really sincerely feel God was telling me it was okay as long as I didn't rebel against my dad and he was okay with it. I felt like the Lord said, hey, I'm cool with it. Go ahead. And so I went downstairs about five minutes later. And I said, hey, God said it's cool. And, and my dad said, son, you know what that shows me? And I said, what? That you are still not spiritually mature enough to hear God's voice. <laughs> and I said, oh, well, that's not true. I really feel, I feel come on, dad. And, and uh, after begging for three or four days, my dad said, your mother and I have decided to at least let you try it so you will know the evil of rock music and dancing. And, my, and do, so, so I said, okay, cool. So we went to the place 
He said, I'll give you one hour. I go in there, man, I danced every dance. I was like, yeah, I didn't even know what I was doing. In fact, somebody walked up and he said, you're acting like you've never danced before. I said, I haven't. <laughs> you know, <laughs> this is my one time ever. <laughs> yeah. So I get back in the car and my dad said, see, it wasn't what you thought, was it? And I said, no, it was a hundred times better than I ever dreamed. <laughs> and that's when my parents said, you need to go to Christian school. So I went to Hyde Park High School and they had basketball tryouts. Now I had never played basketball uh, in, a, in like an organized fashion. I had never been in a league, never been on a team. But I thought, you know, the school I was in had about 350 kids in my grade. This school only had 38 kids in my grade. So I thought, dude, you know, the odds are I'm, I'm pretty good. And I thought I was pretty good at basketball anyway, just to tell you, you say, well, why would you think that if you've never played in a league or anything? Because I played on Wednesday nights in Royal Rangers. <laughs> if you don't know what Royal Rangers is, it's like a Christian Boy Scout troop at church. And I was like the LeBron James of Pioneers. <laughs> and, and I thought, man, I, I, I think I'm good enough. And so uh, I went out to, to, to try out and I'm kind of shooting around and this is varsity, JV, freshman, everybody's, I'm like shooting around. And then all of a sudden the coach walks in, blows the whistle and says, everybody, three lines, we're gonna do the weave drill. Everybody line up for the weave drill. And everybody starts going three lines. They know exactly what they're doing. Everybody knows what a weave drill is. I've never, we didn't do weave drills in Roll Rangers. I don't know what they're talking about. So they're throwing the ball, running behind. I understand it now and they're doing like this, but I didn't get it. So I tried one time, felt so stupid. I acted like I had to go to the bathroom, but then snuck out the back door and call my mom and say, come pick me up. Still remember sitting on the curb. I can take you to the curb. As I waited for my mom to pick me up, something happened. The enemy came and lied to me. Now, he could have come to me and said, you're no good at basketball. That wouldn't have been a lie. Or you don't know the weave drill, that's not a lie. Here was the lie. You're not good enough. Not at basketball, at anything. You're just not good enough. You're never going to make it. You're a loser. <coughs> now, as funny as everything's been up to now, let me tell you something. That was a trauma moment for me with tears I was wiping from my face and felt like a reject in a brand new school trying out for basketball and realizing I'm not any good. And everybody just saw that. And I know it. And the enemy said, you're not good enough, flat out. That was a lie. It came with a vow that I made. And the vow I made was this. I will never put myself in a position to look that stupid again. I'm never going to step out and try out for something or try to do something. And for more than a decade after that, there would be moments I would limit what God would do in my life because God would call me at times to step out in faith to do something that was outside of my comfort zone and I would hesitate and I wouldn't do it. Why? Because there was a, this lie in my head that had become a stronghold binding me up to say, if I step out and try to do that, I'm gonna look like an idiot because I'm not good enough. This became a stronghold. Now, many of you may have heard of this spiritual term. It's a biblical term, stronghold. And some have thought of a stronghold as being a demon. When you say, I have a stronghold in my mind, that doesn't mean you have a demon. It means you have a wrong pattern of thinking. 
And that wrong pattern of thinking has become a new lens, a lie that you see everything through. I'm not good enough. And it comes with a vow, says, so I'm not even going to try. And it becomes a stronghold that becomes a lid that limits you in your life. The enemy brings this fake news. And if you buy into it, man, it messes you up. Let me, let me just show you like another example of how this could be. An eight-year-old girl, her hero is her dad. He's the greatest man in the world. But yet one night, dad comes into her room and just says, can you sit down, sweetheart? I need to talk to you. And he says, your mother and I have been struggling. It has nothing to do with you. You haven't done anything wrong. But dad's going to move out. And I'm not going to live here anymore. Mom and I are going to split up. But you'll be with me every other week or so. And I'm still your dad and I still love you. Pretty common thing that happens to a lot of us. A lot of you in here have had that happen to you. But it's in that trauma moment. That is trauma that the enemy can bring a lie. And in this illustration, the lie would be all men leave. All men leave you. So the vow she makes, I'm never going to let anybody, not one man is going to get close enough to me to hurt me like my dad just did. And it never happened again. And so you build a wall. That little girl builds a wall around her. Nobody's going to get that close to hurt me like that. So she grows up and goes to college and maybe because in youth group, she's given her life to Jesus. She loves God. She's gone to a Bible college or gone to some college and she meets a Christian guy. And I mean, I hear these stories all the time. Meets a Christian guy. She falls in love with this guy. He falls in love with her, but they start talking and he says, look, I want to get married, but I feel like every time I get try to get close to you. There's like a wall between us or something. There's something that just holds you back. I'm not able to get close to you. You don't let me in. And something just, it's like you love me, but you can't let me in. And I don't know what to do. Maybe we need to go to counseling or maybe we need to do something. And she goes, I know, I just can't. I don't know. I'm just scared. And after a while, because they don't get it fixed, what does he do? He says, I want to marry you, but you won't let me in. And I can't, I can't do this anymore. And so he breaks up with her and leaves, which reaffirms what? The lie. All men leave. When the truth of the matter is, it's self-fulfilled prophetic stuff going on because of the lie and the stronghold of the enemy. So I'm here today because God sent me to help you and to talk to you about how this fake news of the enemy is trending in our culture to make you think that what the devil says about you is true when it's really a lie and God has truth that he wants to set you free with. How do you do it? There's the three R's. How many of you are ready right now? If, there's an, if you've got some kind of stronghold in your mind, you want to know what it is. Let me see your hand. All right. If you don't want to know, I understand, because that can be scary too. Like, no, nah, I just want to live with my lie. I don't even want to know. This, this, you're kind of freaking me out, you know. Listen, God is an incredible, the Holy Spirit. In fact, you know what Jesus said? Jesus said, it's better for me to leave because the Holy Spirit's going to come. And the Holy Spirit's part of the Trinity. God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit, he said, will guide you into all truth. That means he will come and help you to re. When it's time and you have the grace, truth and grace, he will give you the grace 
to understand what the stronghold is and have the grace and the power with him to reject that lie and to receive truth and to be healed. You don't have to be afraid. He's going to give you the grace to receive the truth and to break the lie. The three R's is what I want to share with you now. The three R's, if you have your notes, the first is this. The first thing you're going to do is the Holy Spirit's going to come and help you to recognize the stronghold. You got to know that there's a stronghold. What is it in your life? Maybe a stronghold for you is that you, you just feel like I, I just can't get close to people. I have a hard time relating to people. Maybe the stronghold in your life is I'm not good with money or I'm not going to be able to, I know I'm always going to be in debt. It's a poverty mindset. You can never break free. You're constantly scared over money or you're constantly scared over things at work, whatever it is. Maybe it's in your marriage. Maybe it's with your kids. You're scared that you're going to be a bad mom because you didn't have a mom or because your mom wasn't everything you hoped to be. Same thing with your dad. Whatever those things are, you need to recognize the stronghold that this is an issue for me that I keep having. By the way, there isn't one of us who doesn't have one, including me. And you say, well, you're the pastor. You're supposed to be free from all this. I'm free from everyone I know. Okay, did everybody get that? I'm free in every area the Holy Spirit has brought me to. But what I know is like layers of an onion, he'll reveal. It was like out here, but I'm 22,000 layers in now. But there's still stuff he keeps revealing to me because he's so good. He just does it when I'm ready. You can trust him, but you got to recognize the stronghold. Secondly, you got to reject the lie of the enemy. So when you come to the stronghold, so, okay, that stronghold where I can never get in relation with people or I'm constantly afraid of, of money and our finances, uh, what, where did that come from, God? And the Holy Spirit would take you to that trauma moment where that lie came. You got to reject that lie. And then thirdly, you got to receive the truth. You got to receive the truth from God of what he says. Now, what I like is to not just hear like the opposite of the lie is true. Like you're ugly. No, I'm, I'm beautiful in God. You know, <laughs> you know, like just get the opposite, you know, like you're no good. No, I am good. How many of you know that sometimes you can feel like you made that up? But what I like is to get scripture and what the Bible says and then lock it in on that verse and say, this is what the word of God says about me. And that gives me the truth I can stand on. So let's illustrate this with the basketball scenario. So one day I was struggling in prayer. I was praying, I was going, God, why do I constantly feel like I can't grow beyond a certain place and that I'm scared all the time I'm gonna fail? All I ever feel all the time is I'm gonna fail. It may be going good now, but give it a minute. <laughs> I'm gonna fail. I know I'm gonna fail. I, I just, I know I'm gonna lose. Where did this come from? Why am I having this? I know your word says differently, but this is how I feel about it. It's like, I know you love everybody, but I struggle to know you love me, okay? This type of thought. And you know what the Holy Spirit did? As I was praying, he took me back to a curb in Austin, Texas, where I sat out wiping tears from not knowing how to do a weave drill. <laughs> and I recognized it was that stronghold that keeps holding me back is that lie I believe that I'll never be good at anything and I'll never be good enough and I'm a loser. And so when I realized and the Holy Spirit showed me that, I said, I reject the lie of the enemy that says I'm a loser and I'll never be good enough. That is a lie. Totally get it, I'm not a great athlete, but that has nothing to do with who God called me to be. In other words, 
God doesn't come and give you Disney dreams. Disney dreams go like this. If you want, if you can dream it, you can be it. Whatever you want to be, if you try hard enough and you'll work hard enough, you can be anything you want. That's not necessarily true. I mean, if you're five foot three, you probably ain't playing no NBA. You get what I'm saying? But here is what's true. It's not a Disney dream. It's a God dream. And a God dream is this. You can do everything I called you to do. And you can be everything I made you to be. That's even better anyway. And so the, the rejecting of the lie is saying, that's a lie that I am a loser. The truth is, and I get in my heart, Ephesians 2.10. I am God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which he prepared me in advance to do, which means whatever he's called me to do and made me to do, he's already given me every gift, every skill, every ability, the grace and the power to do it. I'm not a loser and I'm not a person who's not good enough. I'm fully good enough to do what he's called me to do. That's how you break the stronghold. This is how the Bible puts it. For the weapons of our warfare, this is 2 Corinthians 10 verse four, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. That means they're not like knives or guns or, or swords. That we're not fighting flesh and blood like this. It's not carnal, but they're mighty in God for pulling down the strongholds. In one other version in the message, it says to demolish those strongholds. Casting down arguments. What kind of arguments? The arguments that are playing in your mind, the lies of the enemy arguing against God's truth. And every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. All these lies of the enemy that are warring against who God says you are, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. The way you tear down a stronghold, the way you get free from the lies of the enemy is you bring that lie and you put it in a cage spiritually and you say, you got to come into submission to the truth of God. And you come into alignment with his truth. This is how it happens. Some of you, the reason why you have these lies in your mind is not necessarily for just a trauma event like basketball or something that happened with your mom and dad. It's the lies of the enemy that came through an uncle or an aunt, through a coach, through a spiritual leader, a pastor, or through a mom or dad. Somebody said something and called you something or spoke something over you and it became a label to you. It became who you are. I remember the night that I was 12 years old and God spoke to my heart and called me to be a pastor. I was so excited. I, I, I just was, I can't believe you picked me. Like a kid got picked on a team, you know? God picked me and I went and told the guy who was preaching that night thinking he would be so excited that God called me on the night he was preaching. But when I went up to him and told him, I said, hey, guess what? God called me to be a preacher tonight. He said, you gotta be kidding. I don't see that at all. And when the man of God says, I don't see you worthy of God's calling, it took me years to overcome that. When I was traveling one time with a minister, Sam Farina, he was traveling all over preaching places. I was 16 years old traveling with him. 
And it just so happened, he said, meet me in the green room with all the other speakers and stuff. So I'm 16. I go into the green room, get something to drink, get some snacks, waiting for Sam. He isn't in there yet. Some other pastors are in there. Leaders are in there, evangelists. And one of them looked at me and he spoke derogatory terms that I cannot say to you what they are. He spoke words over me, calling me names, telling me, get out of here. This ain't for you. Get out of here. You don't know what you're doing. Get out of here. I went to my room and cried. (laughs) Because a hero spoke words over me. Again, I had to do major work to break that stronghold. Some of you have had coaches tell you, you're no good. (laughs) You're a loser. Had parents say things over you. You'll never amount to anything. You're going to wind up in prison. You're you're never going to find a woman who loves you. You'll never find a man that cares about you. Whatever those words, those are lies of the enemy that form a stronghold in your life. And the way you tear it down is not by gritting your teeth and saying, it's not true. It's by saying, God, tell me the truth. Tell me your truth. I reject that lie of the enemy and I receive your truth. Is this hitting, guys? Just give me a little feedback. Is this making sense? Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Would, would you, um, I'm just going to act as if this is Oaks Church where I've pastored for over 30 years. I hope just because Jeremy and I are so much connected by heart that, that you'd let me pastor you for a moment. Could I pastor you for a moment and help you get free? On the other campuses too, God wants to speak to you. So would you just write where you're at? Would you just close your eyes? Nobody moving around, just close your eyes where you're at. Would you just say this prayer out loud right where you're at? You don't need to say it really loud. Just say it out loud so you're confessing it with your mouth. Just pray this out loud right now. Just say, in the name of Jesus. I command any and all evil to get out of my mind. My mind is a place of peace for God and me alone. Speak to me, Holy Spirit. Show me what you want to show me. Holy Spirit, I pray right now that you would help each person in this room in their mind's eye, in their mind, take them back to the moment of trauma, the one thing you're wanting to show them right now, the thing that has been blocking them, the thing that's been holding them back. So just keep your eyes closed where you're at. Just right now, what God, just lead them to. Now the Holy Spirit, you may have 20 different things God wants to deal with, but he knows the one thing he wants to start with right now. And right now, if you'll just ask him, say, Holy Spirit, lead me. And right now, your mind is going there. Don't try to jump from it. Let your mind go to that moment. Just like me, it was the curb in Austin, Texas, outside of that gym. You remember what happened with your mom, with your dad. You remember what happened at school. You remember what happened with your uncle, whatever it is. The Holy Spirit's taking you back to that trauma. You feel the pain of it, but it's in that pain. A lie came. The enemy brought a lie to you. And right now the Holy Spirit's gonna reveal to you what that lie was.
He's revealing to you right now what that lie was, the lie of the enemy. Because of that trauma, your heart was open in a vulnerable way that the enemy put that lie on you. And you received that lie and it has become something that has been a lid to you. So right now, I just ask you to say this out loud. Say, I reject. Just say it out loud. I reject the lie of the enemy that says this. And whatever it is, say it out loud. I reject the lie of the enemy that says I'm not good enough and that I'm a loser. I reject the lie of the enemy that all men are going to leave me. I reject the lie of the enemy that I'm a failure. I'm not worthy of love. I reject the lie of the enemy that I'll always be bound up in this sin. Whatever it is, whatever it is, just say it out loud right now. You don't need to do it where anybody else hears you, but just say it in a whisper. I reject the lie of the enemy. This is a lie. Now I want to ask you to listen to the Holy Spirit as he tells you the truth. He's going to give you the truth right now. So just ask him, Holy Spirit, tell me the truth. What do you say about me? I know that's what the devil lied. What's the truth? Tell me the truth. And God's going to give you a truth. It may even be, if you know the scripture, he may give you a scripture. If you're not sure of that, he'll give you something that he's speaking to you right now that is truth. And later on, you can find a scripture and what God is saying. But what is the truth of what God says about you right now? Some of you need to get your phone out. You need to get a piece of paper out and you need to write it down. Here's the lie of the enemy. And here's the truth. Here's the lie of the enemy and here's the truth. And right now, when you know what the truth is, you need to begin to say it out loud. Say it out loud. Nacogdoches, you guys say it out loud right there. Say it out loud. I receive the truth of who God says I am. And I am, and you say it. This is who I am. I am God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works. He prepared me in advance to do. That's who I am. Whatever that truth is, write that down. Say it out loud. Thank you, Lord. Okay. Look up here real quick. In James chapter 5, verse 16, it tells us that what we need to do is confess our faults one to another and pray for one another that you may be what? Healed. Healed. How many of you want to be healed in the area God is dealing with you about right now? How many of you want to be healed of that? Okay. How many have ever had a moment in a church service like this and yet it still plagues you later on? You say, man, I thought I was going to get free, but I still messed up. It's still messing with me. Yeah. You know how you get healed? You get, you get to somebody in your small group. You get to a friend in the church. You go to an elder in the church. You go to a staff member and say, can I just, can you give me five minutes to tell you the trauma that the Holy Spirit showed me and that I can tell you this is the lie of the enemy and here's the truth God gave to me. And then will you pray with me about that so I can be healed? For that prayer is effective and and it, it availeth much. It's powerful. In fact, let me just show you what that looks like. Somebody... On the front row here, somebody, uh, any of you here, would you be willing to share what God just showed you? Let me work that through with you, anybody? Yeah, come on up, man. 
Somebody bring me a mic. Thank you, Courtney. Thanks. Yeah, come on up, buddy. Yeah. Tell me your name. What's your name? Steve? Hi, Steve. I'm Scott. Good to meet you. So come, come right here. Just forget all them for a minute. I know that's not easy, but they're not there. Look at me and forget them. All right, tell me about what happened. What did the Holy Spirit show you? What was the trauma? Um, when I was... When I was one day old, I was abandoned. Mm. I was in South Korea. And I was left in an alleyway by my mother. What's the lie the enemy has told you about that? Nobody loves you. isn't it okay you ready okay face me like this so tell me say it out loud I reject the lie I reject the lie that what that nobody loves me alright now look me in my eyes and say it again say I reject the lie that nobody loves me is there anything else in there on that you reject the lie I reject the lie It's not true. Amen. Amen. So what's the truth? He, he said, I have always loved you. Oh my gosh. He says, I have always loved you. I was always there. Wow. He says, I have always loved you and I've always been there. When others reject you, you know, the Bible says even those who don't have a father and mother, I will be a father to the fatherless. Amen. I will be a father to the fatherless. In fact, when Jesus was being baptized, it says in Luke 3 that God spoke where everybody could hear and said, this is my son who I love and whom I'm well pleased. And the Lord's telling you right now, that's what he says about you. Because in John 17, he says, I pray, Father, that they would know you love them the same way that you love me. And he says, I have never left you, never forsaken you. I am with you always, even to the end of the age. So those are scriptures you can get to lock into. So we're going to agree on it right now okay so i reject the lie of the enemy i reject the lie of the enemy that nobody loves me that nobody loves me and i receive the truth and i receive the truth that what that i have always loved you that god has always loved me say it that way god has always loved me and he has always been there and he's always been there all right one more time and then we're going to come into agreement you see how we're saying it over and over because the more you say it you've got to confess it you've got to agree on it now we're going to come into agreement on it and then i'm going to pray for you okay so one more time just put it all together i reject the lie from the enemy that nobody loves me and i receive the truth that god has always loved me and that he's always been there 
Amen. So I come in agreement with Steve right now and we reject this lie that nobody has loved him. That is a tactic of the enemy because what happened when he was a child that he was abandoned, but you have not abandoned him. You have not rejected him. You love him and you have always loved him and you are always there for him and you will never leave him, never forsake him. You say, I am your father, Steve. God says, I'm your dad, I love you, and I am well pleased with you. That's who you are, you are my son in whom I am well pleased. In Jesus' name, we receive that. Amen? Amen. How amazing is that? Wow, okay, thank you. Don't forget your stuff. Well done, Steve. Thank you for sharing that. Oh, that's your pen. I didn't want to steal it. Okay. All right. Thanks, Courtney. Okay. I modeled that for you so that when you're with your friends in a small group or you, maybe as a husband or wife or whatever, you pray like that. You don't just say it one time. You keep, okay, let's reject that lie again. I come into agreement with you. That's a lie. When I receive the truth, we receive it now. Amen. How many of you sense what just happened with me and Steve was something powerful? Amen. That's what you can have. And notice this. I didn't just help you today with breaking a stronghold. I helped you today by giving you the formula to break every one. Because the Holy Spirit's going to start showing you different areas. He's going to help you. He's a good father and he loves you like that. Now, some of you, I know you're thinking, well, I've done stuff like this before. I went to youth camp or I went to some retreat and you know, God touched my life, but then I just went back into the mess. Well, let me tell you something. This isn't a one-time deal. This is a warfare and a battle that goes on all the time. Fake news is gonna be fake news in our culture all the time. And so you've got to reject the fake news by knowing it's fake because you know the truth. So you've got to be in God's word to know the truth and you've got to keep feeding your mind the truth. And when the lies come up, you reject them and you receive the truth of the Lord. And I want to invest in your life today with truth. I want to invest in your life that God has called you to be people of impact, to influence in your work, to be an influence in your neighborhood, to be an influence in your family. And so I wrote a new book that just came out this last year called Impact, Releasing the Power of Influence. And I want to give it to everybody today free. Because I, like I told you, this is my favorite church in the world. I want to give it to you. So if you look up here, if you get your phone out, everybody get your phone out. Even if you don't want it later, you might decide later you want it. Just do the QR code. It's scottwilsonimpact.com is where it's going to take you. So if the QR code doesn't work, just go to scottwilsonimpact.com. And I want to give that book to you free. What we're going to do is mail it to your house. So all you got to do is put the address in there. And when you put the address in, it's going to ask you, will you help me with covering the shipping? So I'll give you the book if you'll help me with the shipping. And if you'll cover the shipping on there, you'll get it. Now, it'll come up and ask you, do you want to take the course? Now, the course has a cost to it. That's me coaching you through in the course by video. I sit across from you in a table where I'm taking you through like I just did with Steve and helping you to grow and how to do these things. That has some cost to it because I give it to you free. You may want to do it, but you don't have to. Just receive the gift today of that book and we'll get it to you because I want to invest in your life. Now, the biggest fake news of all is this, that you got to do this alone. At Timber Creek, nobody walks alone. We don't do anything alone. We, we've got, we're together. But the greatest thing you can know is Jesus said, you'll never have to be alone. Just like he told Steve, he's telling you. 
The Bible says every one of us in this room has sinned and fallen short of what it takes to come to God and our own righteousness and that the wages or the end result of that sin is death. And when the Bible talks of death in this way, it's not just talking about physical death, it's talking about spiritual death, which means separation from God for eternity in hell. But that isn't what God wanted. That broke God's heart. So you know what he did? He sent his son, Jesus, to come to earth, to put on flesh, to become a man. And he went to the cross and he died on the cross with all of our sin poured out on him. That's why when he cried out, he said, it is finished. He's saying it's paid in full. Every sin you've ever done, I just died for. And he didn't stay dead. Three days later, he rose from the dead, announcing to everyone, now there's a way where there was no way for you to be forgiven of your sins and for you to become a child of God. If you're here today and you have never made that decision, you've been trying to do life on your own, you don't have to ever do that again. You can receive Jesus into your life and say, I believe you're the son of God. I believe you died for me on the cross, rose from the dead, and now I wanna surrender my life to you. And I want you to lead my life to bring me into that truth that you have for me. If that's you right now, on the count of three, just raise up your hand and say, pray for me, pastor. Include me in that prayer. I want to give my life to Jesus. Maybe you gave your life to Jesus when you were a kid, but you've been away from the Lord and today you're coming back. So on the count of three, at all the other campuses and right here at the broadcast campus, if that's you on the count of three, just raise up your hand and we'll pray with you today. One, two, three. If that's you, just raise it up. If that's you, I see you here, 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 here. Amen. I see you over here. Praise God. Here, here. Yes. Praise God, praise, come on everybody, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord. If you raise your hand and you mean business with God, you're sincere before the Lord, just pray this prayer with me. Everybody in here loves the Lord, why don't you pray with us as well? Just repeat it to me. Dear God, I give my life to you. Forgive me of every sin. Take it all away. I don't wanna live for myself anymore. I wanna live for you. Thank you, Jesus, for dying on the cross for my sin. And I believe you rose from the dead. And now I give my life to you in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen, amen. Come on, give the Lord a hand clap and a shout of praise.